Welcome to Frost Sessions, the Frost School of Music's official podcast. On this week's episode, opera stage director and professor Jeffrey Buckman leaps into the future of music with founder and creative director of Gamut Creative, Align Lotus. They talk about the process of creating mixed reality opera and their partnership with the powerhouse technology startup, Magic Leap. The future of music really does start here at the U. Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember to stay tuned to Frost Sessions. Alain, it's great to see you. So I, I'm so excited about the work we're doing now. Um, I'll just uh, catch everybody up. So we are um, in the middle of two projects using Magic Leap Mixed Reality Technology, which um, the whole process of that for me is uh, a whole new world that uh, I'm being pulled into to find this new interesting way to tell story. And uh, I'm so glad to have you as a partner on it. I appreciate it, Jeffrey. No, likewise, it's always great to partner up with you and, and just sharing the creative ideas that we can uh, both uh, come up with and the technologies that come with it. Yeah, it's been a long journey for you and I. Um, it, we first met, um, do you remember what year it was when we did our first production? I want to say uh, 2012. Uh, that was a while ago. But that was um, a wonderful composer, Carson Kievman. Um, it was on his world premiere of uh, Fairy Tales, Songs of the Dandelion Woman. And uh, it was a chamber opera. Had you ever worked on an opera before? I never have. <laughs> <laughs> we never threw have. you in the deep end definitely was uh, a new experience for me and uh, I mean my, my background is in advertising so going into theater was a whole new world I had no idea what was going on I just knew it was exciting because it was working with uh, a completely completely different uh, uh, group of people uh, that uh, I later to find out that are very creative and have it, it they have its its own kind of uh, process to be able to get execute something like that yeah and you know that was the first production that i ever did that relied so heavily on um on electronic media on um, that visual um you know we 3d mapped the all of the scenery and by we i mean you and your team um, and that allowed us to just be so flexible in journeying from one place to another within the scenery without physically having to do any scenic shifts. And um, so I, I then had the opportunity as a creator, as a storyteller, to think much more fluidly than I normally would when I'm dealing with all hard physical scenery all the time. And I think especially a piece like that, which was dealing with dementia and the descent of, um, of someone like losing a little sense of reality and all of that. It was just so many places we could go um, visually. And I, I found it really invigorating and exciting. And the whole process for me was really new. Yeah, that, that was an ex experience on, it, on its own. Um, I, and you know, well, there is, you know, since my background is in, in creative, but in the whole digital media side, um, I, I'm always trying to come up with some new creative ideas that has to do that tangle itself within the technology. So for me, it's like, yes, it's all on the computer, 
And, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm coming up with concepts or ideas, I've always wanted to see where this motion graphics animation world evolves to. So when I heard about that initial conversation of like, hey, there's an opportunity here with you to work with a, a, a theatrical experience and it requires projection mapping. I was like, beautiful. I mean, I'm very new to projection mapping, but I know that uh, it's it, it, it kind of evolves itself with what the type of work that I was already doing. It's essentially create, you know, having projectors and then projecting content light right through it. You know, so that's where it gives us that kind of flexibility of doing what you just mentioned is just changing the world, creating worlds that we wish to have and uh, and still giving the respect of the stage of the physical set, because there's something to be said about having real elements that make anchors in reality. And then uh, juxtaposing that with this digital, you know, fabric that lays over top of the surface and create something new. Yeah. And so to that point, uh, up to that point, for the most part, you were dealing with creating three-dimensional objects and worlds, but within that two-dimensional world of a computer screen, is that, or, or TV screen, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, correct. So this was kind of the first time we took you out of that two-dimensional monitor and put you into a place with walls all around you, right? Exactly right, yeah. That's really cool. So both of us really were stepping out of, not it wasn't our comfort zone because it, it still stayed in my comfort zone. I'm sure, I'm sure it did for you. But we stepped out of the world that we were used to working in to just uh, find, through this collaboration, a, a new way to do what we already are really good at. Right, yeah. I think that the, the scary part was like entering a world of, uh, well, for me, it was like, okay, I, I don't understand the process of coming up with all the, the scenic moments and these, this, all the staging requirements, like you, you're, you're figuring out all the cues of every single individual and also coordinating the lighting. So in my mind, I'm trying to wrap my head around what you're doing so that way. <laughs> we can kind of like meet in the same direction. So I think that that was part of the, the, the process in my mind. Like, I'm like, I'm receptive. <laughs> I want to learn and I want to understand what you're doing in order for us to create something special, which, which was, it, it was amazing. It was which awesome we did. I'll, I'm going to share screen here just to reminisce a little bit and look back at what we did. Sure. Um, you can see that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so this was just really wonderful. Let's first just share um, the production team on this. So it was uh, you and I, and the conductor on this was um, Mary Kaufman, and Camilla Haith did the costuming for it. Sean McClellan did the scenic design and lighting design by Patrick Tennant. Um, and here um, we're seeing the actual dandelion woman, Megan Bruce, and the other character in this show, uh, is the bank examiner who was Ken Matice. Really cool. Um, so we had this like physical structure of the walls that really were the apartment building. That's, that's what we grounded ourselves in was this apartment building where actually the composer had seen a woman who kind of, he, he kind of modeled this story about what he believed her life must be. 
Um, and so right now we're looking at an image where we totally just blew away the reality world of the apartment building and went into a place inside her mind. Um, and this was a, a really beautiful piece of artistry where that whole that tree was just developing and growing yeah. in front of us. It was quite amazing. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, mention we had we had an artist uh, help us with that one. Uh, that was a Barbara Gutierrez. That she, she helped a beautiful us beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was one of the, the my favorite effects that you guys created was where inside her apartment. Uh, we had all these objects that weren't really there, curtains, mirrors, sconces, all of that stuff. Um, but then the way it was edged with this, uh, I, I, I just I, I just fell in love with that look. I thought it was really amazing. Yeah, that was, uh, um, it felt very, uh, yeah, those glows and glimmering uh, kind of effects was, was something that tied it nicely together. You know, and if you look at this, it really is a sketched world on top of the physical world underneath it. And that's, in a way, um, some of what we're playing with now in the um, mixed reality technology is the same thing, honoring um, physical elements that are in the space that are real and layering animations on top of them or interacting with them. Right. Very cool. This was another picture. This is after the blow of the dandelion and that, in, in the space was quite imagine, right, quite incredible when she did this. I mean, those particles were just coming right out into our face. It was really amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was wonderful just to be able to put anything up on those walls that we wanted to. Yeah, here you don't get a sense of, of, of walls. It's more like an infinite space. And that's that's the beauty of it. It's it's that we can really essentially change the background to to really give this sense of infinite kind of dimension. Um, so that was that was beautiful. Yeah, that's option. Here's back into her reality world. Love that. Yeah, and then once he got into all this mad sketching and reading her sketches and kind of he went down the rabbit hole with her and uh, you see this bank examiner kind of come apart at the seams and we could reflect that in the scenic world around him. Oh, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was, this was awesome. What a great actor. Um, I'll just zip through these real quick, really wonderful. We took the, uh, that static from the TV that he had been staring at and we just decided to just make that an right. imposing presence on top of him. You know, and that, that was an interesting thing because uh, at the time when we were talking about, okay, how we're gonna place the projectors, what's the, the challenge here when working with the, the small space that we were in, in, in that, in the theater and uh, you just looked at me and said, let's just embrace the light on their faces. Let's just make that work. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I couldn't wrap my head around that at first because it's like, wait a minute, we typically would like to do the projections behind them. But to in the in the sense of the way that you choreographed everyone and uh, just to embrace the light on them, it actually worked very beautifully because they felt part of the same scene. So. It was an interesting uh, play there that you, you were able to accomplish that. You know, um, 
I often find myself looking at these challenges and obstacles that we deal with in the theater and I take a deep breath and I say, okay, I can just um, push back and fight for whatever my original image in, was in my mind, or I can take in what the reality is around me and see if maybe there's some interesting new opportunities that are being presented to me that I shouldn't push back on, you know? And so right. I try, yeah. it's hard, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't always do it, but I try and take a deep breath and say, well, hold on, let me think about this. Because what this becomes, if you look at that, I mean, it added such an incredible psychological layer. Um, if you imagine him in, in exactly the same kind of expression he's in, but with just clarity of light on him and all this static around behind him, it's a totally different world it's than different world. him feeling all of that all over him. So I, I just, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you don't realize where you're going to go at the beginning of the process. You think you know where you're going to go, but you really don't. And uh, so all of the steps of the, the process I love and found the, the collaborations with you very fluid and easy. Cool, man. Let me just sift through some more of these, see what it kind of memories it brings back for us. Because I haven't looked at these photos since yeah, the, the year <laughs> after we did this. Uh, yeah, this was kind of cool. It was a, a moment where um, in their minds they were flashing back to this kind of ideal 1950s TV show kind of relationship. And so that was fun, turning the space into something that had nothing to do with that, um, that apartment building world we were in. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that original world. And more in that glow of the dandelion. Yeah, that was, that was a beautiful scene. Really and quite the special. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wonderful. So that was um, Fairy Tales, Song of the Dandelion Woman. Um, that was the composer, Carson Kievman, and the librettist on that is Mark Needle, along with Carson. And uh, that was my first production with Carson. Um, turns out that since then, uh, after that, I did two more world premieres uh, of his works uh, with him, which I always find so challenging and invigorating. And so the next one that came, uh, came up was Intelligent Systems. Um, and wow, that was... That was a whole different kind of world, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a big challenge. <laughs> it was yeah, a big challenge. So, a lot of worlds, and and it was it was a very uh, ambitious uh, project to jump into. Yeah, I mean, the, the leap that I was asking you to do from where we were on fairy tales to where I was hoping we could go in dealing with um, intelligent systems, it put a lot more demand on you, um, content and and at how many scenes we had to flesh out. It was a lot, I know. Right, right. How many it hours did you we learned you a lot. on that? We, we learned a lot and we had a physical drone. Into, oh yeah. In the scene. I'll have that to, was, I, I have that, that picture. I'll have to pull up the yeah. drone. I've never put a, a drone in an opera before, but it was really cool. But how many that hours do you think you, you and your team put in on all of that? Uh, we must have spent uh, yeah, easily over a hundred and 40 hours uh, between two to three, three of us. So it was a lot of work. Um, it was a lot of work just to get the sets and scenes and the animations and the length of time. So we have to design these things out, storyboard these out prior. So, and then we have to have a real good understanding of the emotional connection between these, uh, these scenes. Cause it's not like just, we don't empty mindedly just 
design stuff as we're being told to do because obviously we the difference is like as i'm listening to what you're expressing we have to try to understand that expression and translate it into something that will tie tie as a, a in a in that digital language so it just has to connect so then part of that is is connecting with the graphics and the next aspect of it is the timing and the animation that's where a lot of the labor goes too where we're having to to, to create animations that are cued um to the moment in time that we're doing it since it's a live theatrical performance the cueing in itself is a whole other uh, ballgame because we have to develop assets that are loopable assets that can breathe for the length of time that it, it may roll over for 20 seconds or you know or a minute or what or whatnot or be quicker then we have to hit a button to cue the next series of events which has to seamlessly blend you know to the next scene so that it doesn't pop jitter jerk so those were challenges on our side and what i liked about just working with us is just that you could have easily told me hey listen align why don't we just dip to black here i'll play with the lights I'll, I'll, I'll distract the moment just so that we can get our assistant to bring in the new scene, you know, and that was kind of like an intuitive aspect of what we had to do. But yeah, it, it, intelligent systems was was a uh, was a big one for us, uh, just because it was there's just a lot of content, a lot of work in there. Yeah, yeah, I know. And again, we were in a very small space, so these both of these works are chamber operas, you know. I'm so used to normally, um, you know, I'm on a maybe a 55 um, foot wide proscenium theater. Um, and, you know, we're in this teeny space that I don't know, was it 15, 20 feet wide tops? Yeah, um, space, yeah. And uh, creating, we decided on this one to create an absolute blank surround um, that gave us an an empty palette to play with. And then we brought a lot of that feeling into the costumes as well. Again, you know, in that kind of space, there's no room for rear projection. You have to project from the front and you know that the, the actors are gonna be in the projections. So where um, we did some of this work in fairy tales, letting the projections being on them emotionally and things like that. I think more in this piece, um, we allowed the projections to um, be almost part of how we expected their costumes to react to. You know, sometimes I put them in just absolute stark white, and so they became part of the projection screen. Sometimes um, I put them um, in the textures of the projection. So um, there, you'll see in some of the photos that it actually textures their bodies in ways that I think elevates the costuming. And so it was a different kind of way of um, dealing with the fact that the actors would be, and this one had, what did it have, a cast of six? So we knew in that small space, they would be chewing up a lot of the real estate of the projections, but I thought it worked really well. Yeah. Um, let me pull that up so we can just, again, walk down memory lane a little bit. And this was an interesting piece, you know, just the, every time I work on one of Carson's pieces, uh, I learned so much. Um, this was a piece about the idea of a parallel 
universe and following it through from the birth of a, a universe all the way through to its destruction and whatever might come afterwards and uh, really quite interesting. So here's a great example. This is one of the moments that I had um, the singers in all white. And so we just knew that when we did these scenes, this was about them being projection surface, right? right. It was, this was not at all about saying, okay, how do I embrace whatever this actress is dealing with emotionally? I mean, you, you don't even see her face really. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really cool. I, I just, uh, I had never done that before. Yeah, this was awesome to see the the way that the light is wrapping around them. Um, and I, after the first one, I you you really embraced it here, and we see the colors and the way that the textures just uh, wrap around them really nicely. And with their movements, that's what what ties it together. Absolutely. And boy, there were so many different worlds we were creating. I mean, this was a jump away into a futuristic kind of world. But, you know, here we were able to get to a more traditional place of putting enough light on the artists so that the projections were not reading a lot on their bodies. Um, yeah. but we were still able to allow the projections to live well behind them. And I mean, she, we, she only has like three feet between her and the wall. There's not much space. Yeah. That was a real challenge. Uh, I should just go through the production team on this one as well. Um, so again, we have Mary Kaufman conducting. Um, Rosa Mercedes was the choreographer on all of this. Camilla Haith again was doing the costuming, um, lighting, Patrick Tennant. And we had uh, prop design by Nick Miles, Michael Miles. The cast in this, Daniel Buonaiuto, um, Natalie Avila, Sarai Rodriguez, Tim Stoddard, David Robinson, and Eric McConnell. Um, and this was a wonderful review we got on this. And I love the fact that they said, connoisseurs of experimental music theater, dance and film should not miss this groundbreaking production. I did think it was groundbreaking. And um, it um, was a, a style of storytelling that I had not done before. You know, mm -hmm. it certainly had this science fiction kind of element to it. Um, but it was also a really human story. And that's my forte, you know, whenever we're in the world of just telling human story, that's when I, I feel really rock solid. Yeah, I remember Carson showing us his, draw his drawings of, of the idea <laughs> that were, I don't know how many years ago, but it was a long time ago. He had, he had contextualized this on paper. Back, back in the drawing. 80s. Back in the 80s, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and it was uh, quite amazing. Um, what he was uh, able to envision back then and uh, how relevant it is today um, in terms of idea and storytelling. Um, Absolutely. But it was, it was really, really interesting. This is a great example again about how we embraced what the projections were doing and those like slashes of streaks going across their bodies um, almost feels like costuming, you know, and um, what it does to the face and all that, it, it really, I found it intriguing the way the projections were making me feel like it was both makeup on them, it was um, clothes, part of their clothing world, even, you know, he's bare chested, but it felt almost like tribal paint across his body. Um, it, it was really interesting and uh, a wonderful opportunity, like I said before, you know, who would have thought um, that being in such a tight space trying to do all this would be more liberating than it was frustrating, right? 
Yeah, you know, that's that that to that thought, I mean, um, a lot of times we uh, have tendencies of wanting to have so many things prepped and everything just planned out for us in a stage, I would imagine that's not the ideal setting, but you just made <laughs> made it work in the sense we made that work with the confined space and given the limitations. And I think that that's where a lot of creative projects are born when you have that desire to really make it happen despite of the conditions that they're in, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. You know, that, every time we work on these things, I learned a lot also just with how it's being applied and used in terms of the story. I learned a lot, a lot about story and, uh, and storytelling in, in, in this theatrical experience is, is uh, what, what I'm, I'm being specific to. Because yeah, because in uh, your work, you're dealing with story all the time, right? I'm dealing with story, yes, in a, in a uh, it's just a different platform altogether. Like, we'll do videos about a technology video that just it describes how processors are being made as, as monotonous as that can sound. <laughs> we uh, try to find something exciting about it. So what is it exciting? And then we just come up with the purpose, you know, what's the purpose? Mankind wanting to do something greater than they did before and, and to achieve new heights. So then we weave that into something that's in technology that could be very monotonous and, and do something uh, exciting. So this, this storytelling world is, is, uh, is still similar, but the, the context and the way that you pre absorb it is so uh it, it really engulfs you like i think that's where I, I fell in love with theater with working with you uh it just just that next layer of like immersion if you will yeah. um and look at this that's a drone that yeah, yeah, there, there's our, our friend the drone <laughs> just so cool um i mean i know that was tricky flying for um you had somebody from your team who was yeah. there amongst the audience flying this thing and i gotta say it was a little scary because there was not much distance between that drone and the front row and the idea that i would be part of a production where somebody got hit in the face with a drone was not one that i wanted to be part no. of but he did a beautiful job i mean landing yeah. it through the aisle of the audience and i was really cool that was uh yeah that was christian machado and uh, he was scared of it initially and i'm like man you you got this you, you're a good pilot and also, so, so, so people know, this is a toy drone. It, the props cannot really, uh, I mean, it can scratch you, but regardless, we made it, <laughs> made sure that it was not one of these like uh, DJI, like these advanced drones that could potentially cut you. Um, but yeah, that, that, was a, that was awesome. I think that was a great add-in. That was awesome. And, you know, when uh, when we work with technology and we'll talk more about that to where we're going with uh, ultimately with the work we're doing now with Magic Leap, the trick with, for me when we're working with technology is that it just elevates whatever story we're in, whatever, whatever way we're trying to bring across um, emotion and space and time and location to the audience technology should just elevate that. And so this right. was kind of a way where we could have put really cool drones in two dimension in the projections themselves. 
But by having that physical drone in the space, it just kind of pulled everything uh, right into your face to where you saw all the um, three-dimensional structure in the two-dimensional projections as more right. 3D at that point. I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we've got here real quick before we move on. Yeah, and then uh, a freaky last scene, we had split the wall so the actors could come up behind the uh, back wall and let their faces yes. be yes. part of this growth of after this universe had been destroyed, what came after. And uh, in this interpretation, it was some kind of sea kind of algae that then took on human form as well, that that could possibly be something that happens after our, our whole world gets destroyed by who yeah. knows, right? Oh, anyway, that was uh, what an incredible piece, though, take yeah. following in a whole universe from inception until what comes after like total destruction. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool. So um, after that, I called you and I said, I have the opportunity to create a show in a hockey arena for um, the entire, I think it's an 11,000 seat um, hockey arena, but with what we had to block off to pull off the show, I think we were able to get about 7,000 people into the arena and it was packed, sold out. But uh, so I, I said, you know, we got to figure out a way I'm going to have, this was for the Grand Rapids Symphony who was behind the project, but it was a collaboration between the symphony, the Grand Rapids Ballet, Opera Grand Rapids um, and Broadway Grand Rapids. And then we also had a 500 piece marching band that would be coming through all the aisles. We had about 600 school kids who would be singing out in the seats of the arena. Um, we had the um, Grand Rapids Symphony Chorus. We had the Grand Rapids Youth Symphony. We had, I mean, it just was, oh, the Youth Ballet. It, it was just insane. Um, yeah. But I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we can create some kind of three-dimensional structure that we can projection map and let that help guide us through whatever this um, thread of storytelling is that we would like to right. do? Yeah, that was just listening to your the the amount of pieces that uh, that comprise this uh, this this event. Uh, I, it makes my head spin. I can only imagine what you had to do to really coordinate with everything. But um, yeah, that it's it, there's a lot of elements. The piece that you're mentioning was was also a challenge in itself because now we're now we're developing a physical structure, designing a physical structure which they later use as their branding. <laughs> yeah, right. For the event, um, but uh, it was. Uh, yeah, we had a we had a, a a beautiful team. We had a a great group of people with 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 obviously with better budget on this one, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was incredible. It was an incredible piece. Yeah, you know, it was um, the all the the moving parts in that thing. It was quite immense. There were twelve hundred performers, and we had four different stages to play on, um, and. Luckily, the production team, um, headed by Marshall Yoder and Diane Yoder, was yeah. just insane. I mean, they were just, I couldn't, there's no way we could have pulled that off without them. They're um, amazing. Yeah, they're it, amazing. Too. Really amazing, really talented. And um, 
let me just uh, pull up. There's a, all kinds of little um, videos and all, but there was a, this one that, if you don't mind, I think it's from uh, your website. Um, oh, no worries, of course. Yeah, yeah but really um, doing something in an arena is a different beast. Just the amount of time it takes to get from where we are at our production table um, to up to the stage. I mean, it, it takes me like two minutes to get there. So, I, you know, it's not like I'm in a theater. I can just hop up onto the stage. It was, uh, the whole process was really interesting. I'll yeah. share the screen here. Um, so the event was called Live Arts. And uh, let's just take a look at this real quick. jerky there. Uh, one of the joys we're having in uh, our whole world of having to Zoom every meeting and all of that is just sometimes the limitation of technology. My, my laptop's saying I'm tired. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, that but was that's, kind of, that's kind of emblematic of what we have to deal with because we're putting a lot of um, drain on processors and things like that when we're working. Um, how, how did your world of equipment that you had to provide for what we were doing, did you have to upgrade just to handle what we were doing? Yeah, I had to buy a, a system, a custom-made built uh, computer that would be able to uh, withstand uh, just some of the, the load of the scenes that we're producing. Um, and we needed to get a, a special case to be able to have it to travel. And we went and prepared for that solely just for that project. Um, that computer system was able to handle what we were doing, uh, but the queuing is, is not the biggest thing as much as it is in terms of the hardware, as much as it is to actually create it. Uh, we, had, uh, we had several artists uh, involved. We had uh, George Lega, uh, Ronnie Cinco, Barbara Guterres, Andrew Lopez, uh, Sergio um, and uh, and also Brian Bobinski uh, uh, in the production of that. So we had several people on the team, and everyone had a different language in the term in terms of, of their 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 design language, like what they do, like their specialty. Um, and what was beautiful about the piece is that we we did a multitude of of uh, of designs that catered to the symphony. Um, and each one had their own uh, language of their art, and we would animate those. 
So the one that came, comes to mind is Barbara's uh, because he, she was able to get her iPad and draw and sketch these different beautiful paintings of a swan and it, that turned into something else. And she was freely painting in her, in her iPad. And we were able to grab, yeah, grab that asset and project it on the sculpture that was designed by Andrew. So that, um, you know, working with different people is always a challenge as you may, <laughs> that's your, your day, you know, working with everyone and, um, and a challenge in the sense of like, just transmitting the information and making sure it gets accomplished and then letting them grow within their respected areas, you know, and embracing what they do. So it's like a little bit of give and take and ultimately i think that the passion was all in there that everyone just wanted to produce something beautiful and great so it, it came out incredible because uh everyone just put in their 100 percent into that project so it was it was just a, a great uh uh reaction not only from our team but the rest of the the the, the, the live arts team you know yeah 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 i i think that you know that whole opportunity to do something like that that brings so many um, different um, aspects of the arts community in a city like Grand Rapids together and see what happens when you let all of these areas, um, these um, specializations in different arts um, kind of play together in one space. It was really powerful. And right. I can tell you that uh, I know the city of Grand Rapids was talking about it for quite a while afterwards. We we made our impact, and uh, yeah. but it had probably had a bigger impact on me than we had on them. I think it was uh, really special, and uh, to see what the the kids brought to it, um, there's just such an authenticity when when kids sing or when they dance, and um, you know they're not so caught up in worried about the world what the world will think about what they're doing. They just do. And it was really quite special. I, I, I was really touched by it, yeah, as I, I know everybody was. Yeah, no, definitely. No, that's a, so that a, what a change going from the little space with, you know, chamber opera yeah, to, to the like hockey that. arena, huh? Yeah, that was my biggest uh, production uh, and nerve wracking. At the same time, doing anything live is always... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's really stressful, but uh, and I know, like at the last minute, we we ended up getting a second projector um, to double up, on, yes. just to get richer intensity out of all of the projections. Uh, so right. we added in that that second projector on top of it. It was, it was something uh, really special. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. I just remember one thing when when I'm on the headset, you're with uh, I think it was with uh, uh, was it Diane or no? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm, I'm right uh, next to Diane there. Yeah, you're next to Diane. And I just remembered that last song. I, I don't remember the name of it, but I'm sure you could recall. Like, and we had the explosions of the, of, the, of the colors. And I just remembered that we're already at the end. And after that, <laughs> finished. It was just like we looked at each other like, we're done. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, that was, that, was Car that was Carmina Burana. And you, know, we, and you just had all these incredible like bursting of these powders of color going on. They were so vibrant and so alive, which is how everybody felt at that point. I think everybody felt yeah. like they were bursting with that kind of energy. And then we had, of course, we had the pyrotechnics. So we had the explosions oh, right. going off, right? Um, we pretty much blew the roof off the place. <laughs> it was um, too much, I, a little bit too much, but that was... It, 
it was, it was the kind amazing. of it was the kind of event where if you're gonna go over the edge to too much, it's better to do that than to go too little. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so from this enormous event um, in a, a hockey arena, we're now going down to a very personal, individual kind of experience of a single user, whether we put them as an audience of a hundred watching the piece or whether it's a single person experiencing it on their own, they will be in their own goggles. And um, so now we're talking about magic leaps, um, mixed reality technology, and we will be really taking what is um, a beautiful expression musically um, and dramatically that composer uh, Valerie Coleman has created in this piece called Wish, um, which deals with the horrors of the Middle Passage of the transatlantic slave trade. Um, she, everything is already encapsulated in what she created, and when she performs it, it's just absolutely, um, it, it blew my mind and it broke my heart and made me feel just such a huge range of, of emotions. Um, but everything was already there in that piece, but now through Magic Leap Mixed Reality Technology, I am now, and we are together, making a visualization of what that experience is. Um, so it no longer only exists with the music and performance that Valerie does, but now I'm actually creating a visual world that we'll put the audience into to help them experience that in a height, much more heightened way. Yeah, I think the magic leap, um, so it's, it's mixed reality. It's uh, basically when you put on this headset, uh, you can have 3D objects appear right in front of you. And, uh, and it, yes, it is a, a standalone experience. Uh, but what's interesting is that it recognizes the space that you're in. It scans the area. Now we have elements that pop up right in front of you. Like if they're not, you know, what's not there, it literally will pop up. And now it's not playing with that medium. I've never explored in that direction before, so it's also a new thing for me. But I know I've worked with people that have uh, have done that experience. So it was was interesting. As like, okay, we're working together on this uh, new, very personal piece, uh, and we're trying to uh, develop this language that will work through the magic leap. So. It was, it's still, it's, it's, it's an incredible uh, journey uh, just because it's very new. I don't think anyone's been going a, about it in this direction, uh, using it for theater or this, uh, this performance uh, uh, way. Uh, but I know that it's something that will be in the near future. We know that Apple is already going into this direction there, there's already a lot of uh, press and news that they will be coming up with glasses, augmented reality, mixed reality glasses that will have elements pop up in front of you. So this is, uh, this is something that's going to happen. Um, so it's, it's, it, it was a great opportunity to jump on it with you. Yeah, you know, and we actually have two um, Magic Leap projects that we're working on right now. Um, we've got this um, project um, of Wish that we're doing with Valerie Coleman's um, work. 
And then we're also, um, I was a recipient of a provost research award from the university. And so under that award, we are exploring how to utilize this um, technology in opera specifically. And um, so for that, the material we're gonna be working on, well, we are working on is um, Hansel and Gretel and taking on that wonderful scene when they get lost in the woods and they, they pray and then they fall asleep and there's this beautiful um, fantasy kind of dream sequence that happens um, after that, which I think is just um, a great opportunity to um, just look into how we can do really fantastical, wonderful animations and things like that. You know, yeah. I'm very conscious about the fact that when we have something like this to explore and play with, and I'll put quotations around that, um, that I have to treat it and we have to treat it very differently when we're working on a piece like Wish that's dealing with something um, so profound as the slave trade. Um, and then another opportunity where we've got this wonderful fairy tale story about these kids lost in the woods. And, um, you know, we'll talk about it in a second, the way we're going to actually paint that scene out. Uh, they're just so different. And so at some point we can say, all right, this technology can, can be treated like a toy and play and have fun. And another time we have to approach it with great respect and think very carefully about never letting the novelty of the technology lighten the, the right. thematic material we're actually discussing and, and working towards elevating, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I think that wish, uh, uh, what was great about what we, when we started with it was that uh, we had Alvaro help us with the development on it and he created uh, developer tools uh, a tool for the director, I should say, uh, for you in this case, so that we have our animations. We built an animatic is what we call it. It's just a moving storyboard so that we would get a sense of the timing of everything that we're producing that was built within, that was put into a, uh, imagine you're holding a tablet in physical space and that has your, your, uh, animatic so you can actually scrub them through and see what are the moments in time where the the changes of the music occur so that way there's new scenes and uh that actually happens in the magic leap so it was a it was a great uh a jump start just to create a tool that we can later implement and use for hansel and gretel along with all the other uh, uh tools and learning uh, in terms of the process, working with me directly with Alvaro and then also working with you uh, so that you're able to see the, 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 the results of it. And, and we're coming up with a workflow <laughs> that makes sense. So I think uh, this is a new, new thing for all of us. Again, it's like, it's uncharted territory for a lot of us, but we're, it, what is amazing is how despite of that, we're not afraid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's scary, but it, because it's still unknown, but we know in our hearts that this is going to be elevate the next, you know, it's going to be the next step, the next thing that's going to elevate this type of uh, experience. So um, uh, that, that's what I love about uh, working together and uh, bringing in new people that uh, are equally as passionate uh, to do something like that. Yeah, I know when, whenever I'm in these projects with you, um, my, 
my feeling is I just want to go bold and then we'll figure out where the wall is when we hit it. <laughs> but I'd, I'd much rather do that than just live within the constraints of where of what I right. know already and what I what I think is possible. I'd much rather just say I have no idea how this could be possible, but can we make this happen? Right. I, I kind of like that conversation, you know. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> let's let's hit the wall until we figure it out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've done that a lot of times too. I mean, in in my own world. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, I think that that's what makes things better, you know. Um, with the Hansel and Gretel project, um, I, I got a friend of mine excited about painting in 3D space. After I told you about the tilt brush, we, we spoke right. about tilt brush. Tilt brush is a tool that um, that you you put on a VR headset and you can literally paint in space. And, and we're seeing this uh, happen more and more with live events where people are painting 3D canvases uh, while they're painting enclosed in their own world, they're projecting it on a, in a bar and then people can see what, um, what that artist is doing. So it's really interesting, instead of seeing the traditional uh, painting on a canvas, we're doing it virtually and projecting it out. So what, uh, <laughs> I have a friend of mine that he's now incredibly excited about jumping into the Hansel and Gretel project. I gave him the I told him about the, the goggles and he uh, he's like, look what the world that I created. And he sends me a video. I'm like, that's amazing. Uh, keep practicing. He's an artist by heart. So if you have a good sensibility for art and design, you're going to be able to grab that. And at some point, it's going to feel natural to you to get it and just kind of kind of go, go, go crazy with it. So it's uh, that we're using it to create assets that essentially could be real assets for the Hansel and Gretel project. And it looks like it's a fun thing to do, but, and it is, uh, but you're essentially building, as if we wanted to build specific trees and these trees had faces in them or characters. Like the, the artist can literally grab his paintbrush in 3D space, rotate around and then develop this single asset. And that asset could be later integrated into the magic game. And you can later see it okay, here's my virtual space in, you know, the area. I see where my boundaries are and I know where, where I want my tree, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You essentially start to place things in that space. So it's, it's very cool. It's a very cool process of, uh, that we're about to embark on with that. It's going to be, you know, it, it continues to be a learning experience. We just, every next step of notes that we take on and then we go look into the app and see what's it look like what's it feel like um it presents new um learning for us and we have to kind of reevaluate technically where we're at and what are the new kind of problems maybe we created by going down whatever path we did it's really it's really cool and i gotta say i i'm blown away i just you know i give these like artistic notes and then seeing technically what it takes to uh, when you guys come back with the next version of things um, i'm just blown about, away by the work that you you all do uh, you and alvaro sanint on this have been incredible and it's just the beginning i mean we've just started to to find our comfort in what we're doing and i can't wait until these are in a form that we can share it with people and uh, let them experience what we're doing yeah man. Oh, for sure. Well, that time is coming soon. We'll figure out uh, when that will be. But in the meantime, we'll just keep plugging away and 
Um, I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful to the university for the opportunities it gives me to do this kind of work with people like you. So um, you. I'm finding myself very grateful. Awesome. Well, likewise here, man. Always. It's always a pleasure. Good. Well, me too. Take care. Great to just reminisce with you a little bit. And uh, we'll keep grinding away at these projects. Yes, sir. All right, man. All right. Take care. Thank you, sir. All right. Yep.